hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. All right. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. Want to make it worth your time. Today, we've got You're the Problem, segment number 20. We are, we're meeting these new thresholds around here at Healthy Perspectives all the time now. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, today, I am going to use this opportunity. We're going to do some empathy. Uh, for those of you following on Rumble or YouTube, you're going to get to see this. I will attempt to describe it uh, through the uh, audio here so that those of you who can't see it can kind of get an idea of what's going on. But if you can watch it, it's probably best in this particular episode. So uh, we are, we are going to, in the process of doing empathy, one of the things that I want to hit on today is a, is a word that some of you may know well and others may not. The word is altruism. Altruism is a big deal, okay? We know some things about altruism, and I'll get into that, but altruism is the act, uh, a voluntary act, that uh, puts one's self into a risky situation. It could be something like a, uh, you know, a rescue. It could be something like, you know, helping out somebody who potentially could make an accusation but purely for the sake of improving their own, their welfare, not, not our own. And I will explain to, to you why this is so important. But first, let's go ahead and let's get right to the video so that you all can see an actual act of altruism. Okay. This is a real life altruistic perspective. And I am not going to have any sound going for those of you who are tracking because it's narrated over. And what we have in the image, it's kind of blurry, kind of hard to tell. Uh, but a lot of times raw footage is like that. And this is as raw as it gets. There's train tracks running. Okay. So you've all probably seen this video or something like it. There is what appears to be a, a most likely a parent and a child, right? It's a combination of something like that. And they are walking along and for whatever reason, the kid ends up falling just before a train comes and the adult then begins to reach for them. But out of nowhere comes somebody, somebody who we later find out, we're not going to explore the whole thing today, but we later find out is not affiliated in any other way other than they were just present. They saw it happen. And they came running down, barreling down the train tracks because they all knew the train was coming. And the kid is trying to climb back up a wall. Well, the kid can't get back up by themselves. We see a second person come running onto the scene. And this person is running to help too, but there's no way they're going to get there in time. So we see all of this playing out. Why? Like, if we're just going with empathy, you know, if you're a parent and you're standing there, your kid falls out onto the tracks before a train comes and you're like, oh my gosh, you're freaking out because you're pretty nervous that the train's going to come and it might hit the kid. And, and you're like, oh, uh, what do I do? Well, in this particular situation, that individual kind of froze up a little bit and that's okay. Things like that happen. It's, it's not ideal, but it does occur. 
And this other person who's not even affiliated comes running out and is boosting the kid up. Let's what is that parent thinking? Oh my gosh, you are saving my kid's life. Hurry, 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 hurry. Something like that might be a reasonable expectation to think that might be going through their mind or like, oh, or maybe they're just so distraught they can't think, right? I'm infusing empathy because that's the, you're the problem, right? You're the problem. If you can't see that, if you can't see that, you might be part of the problem. And the kid is just trying to get up off of the tracks. It's like, ah, now we, from where we're standing or in this picture, we might think, why didn't the kid just run to the other side and clear out? But minds aren't necessarily the most clear in a moment like this. So the kid is just thinking, get to safety, get to safety, get to safety. Thinking that the safest place is next to their caretaker. And if you can't see that, you might be part of the problem. And this other person is hoisting them up now. Now, we don't know if they're going to make it yet. Little spoiler, they're going to make it. All right. Boom. The guy throws the kid up and runs them further away from the train. Because just being up and away from the train is not enough. You know, at that moment, you're thinking, just get as far away from the danger as possible. Awesome. And this other person is running onto the scene still. This is fantastic. What was that rescuer, that person who did a real life rescue right there? What were they thinking? Now, it's hard to know for sure. But the altruistic mind, they've done tons and tons of research in the altruistic mind. The altruistic person is thinking there was nothing else to do. There, I, I couldn't stand there and watch the kid get hit. I had no choice because the altruistic mind isn't thinking first about themselves. They're thinking first about the other person. So they had to give it a try. In the altruistic mind, that's the way it works. We know this, uh, we've, we've done a bunch of research on, on say like uh, voluntary kidney donations. To somebody who's altruistic, they get a certain point in their life and they think, how could I not give one when I only need one and I've got two? How could I not save somebody's life? It doesn't make sense. Why? Like to an altruistic person, that's their thinking. To another person, they, they might be thinking, well, I must have been given two for a reason. And that's the more common thought process, right? But altruism is different. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, let's, let's, let's dispel a couple of myths here. Uh, some people suggest that an altruistic person has something to gain from it. Maybe, but that is not what they are trying to do. Because what we know is that people who do altruistic acts, that's again, voluntary, maybe costly to them, right? For the the goal, the sole purpose of improving someone else's welfare, people who only do that for their family or only do that for their friends or certain groups that they work with. We see that the benefits of actual altruism do not extend to them. That's right. It's, it's that moment, that threshold of saying, I am doing this purely purely for the sake of somebody that 
I don't know, a stranger, somebody I, I, I'm unaffiliated with. And all of a sudden something happens. And believe it or not, the research is really cool here. I'm going to share a little, I'm going to geek out a tiny bit on you, all right? When this happens, when we have other-oriented care, like this gentleman in this video who runs down, potentially putting his own life in danger, sprinting down the tracks to grab a kid and thrust him over the wall before the train gets there. The brain of somebody who does that has a particular section that grows gray matter that's not found in other people. Now that's a big deal because when we can grow a part of our brain, think about it, it's, it's like a muscle. It grows gray matter. And that is the amygdala. And that's the specific location. Now that's a really big deal. Now, the research also suggests, and I'm I know I'm totally geeking out on you here. The, 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 the research also suggests that people who, uh, who do altruistic things, they have better fear recognition sensitivity. What does that mean? That means that if we're really putting ourselves in the position of this, this rescuer in this scene, Matter of fact, even the one in the blue shirt, if you're following along, they have that same mentality. Now, they weren't there in time, but you can tell they're sprinting to the scene to, to see if they could be there in time. Their mind is, what can I do for you? That's the mentality. And the amygdala, having th that fear recognition sensitivity, says they are scared, they are afraid, I have no choice but to help because I'm sensitive to it. I pick it up and I can't ignore what I know. Now that's beautiful, right? When we recognize fear, sadness, these extreme emotional uh, responses and environmental cues in this particular situation, and we just know something has to be done and we respond, man, there is something about that. That is just phenomenal. This, this individual didn't know if, if, if anything was going to work, but he just knew he had to. You might have that same sensation driving through a drive-thru thinking, you know what? I'm just going to pay for the meal behind me. That's altruism. I just, I have to, I, I, I have been blessed. I am fortunate. The good Lord shines on me. I got a, I got 20 extra bucks in my pocket and you know what? I got 20. How much is the meal behind me? Oh, $14 and 50 cents. Great. Here's a 20. I'll take the change, but their meal is paid for. Thank you. Altruism. Why? You're never going to see them. You don't know. I mean, I, in this, this model that I'm describing, don't know who it is. No clue. So I like to give you things to walk away with, right? Uh, for those of you who are watching, I'm going to go ahead and play out the rest of the scene. That train was humming, right? There's another angle. And then I'm going to give you a to-do list. Okay. See, in this particular angle, the kid is reaching, reaching to get there. And the parent or 
adult figures way too scared. Too scared. Okay. Now, that's a big deal. All right. But I need to tell you how you can become more like this, how you can grow your amygdala. Number one, just start with the basics. Recognize emotion. That's the nonverbal, the paraverbal in terms of communication, and the verbal communication of emotion. Recognize it. Recognize, just purposely recognize emotion in different environmental situations. How about this? Number two, recognize challenges in different environmental situations. Not even set the emotion aside, just practice recognizing, wow, this, wow, this is a difficult situation for that person. This is, oh my gosh, they, this person is clueless walking down the middle of the street. We might think that, but then take it to the next level and say, wait a minute, what's actually going on here? Are they in distress? Are they, uh, is it possible that they are hurting? Do they want to die? Like we got to ask these kinds of questions internally and it can happen. Bang, 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 super fast. When you get used to just asking those questions. So check for emotions in situations in your environment, check for environmental cues of difficulty, right? You do those two things and then, and not until you've, you've got that habit down, then add in this third step. Ask yourself, can I offer anything to this situation? Anything, right? Oh, oh, I don't have money to feed the homeless guy that's standing at the corner or family that's standing at the corner. But what I can do is say a kind word. It's not the same. Matter of fact, on some days, let's be real. A kind word sometimes is more valuable than money. Not always. Sometimes it's the other way around because I need to eat or I'm out of water and I got to get some water and there's nowhere around to get some clean water. Right? But ask, can I offer anything? And if there's anything that you can offer, don't look at the convenience of it. Look at do I have the ability? Can I make it happen? And then do it. It's not about convenience. We have to check convenience at the door. You come up on an accident. It's, you know, I'm running late for work. I got a client that might be waiting for me at the office. Oh, well. It might cost me something, remember? Because altruism has risk of cost. My client might be irritated, may never come back to see me. And you know what? What's in front of me right here, this is, this is more important at the moment. If my client can't see that, that's okay. I'll deal with that next. It could cost me that. But my goal here is to improve someone else's welfare. Maybe it's buying the ice cream for the kids sitting at the table who wants ice cream and their parents are, you overhear your parents, say, their parents saying, you know, we're not going to be able to get ice cream today. And we, we, we didn't bring enough money. I gotcha. What kind of ice cream you want, kid? 
No, no, no. We're okay. We're okay. We have plenty of money. We just don't have it here. That's okay. I got your ice cream. What do you want? It could be something that simple. Look, altruism is really important when we're looking at empathy. See, empathy is the attempt to see the world as if you're another person, but without taking on their baggage. Altruism is seeing that and acting on it in a way that is designed to benefit the situation at potential risk to your schedule, to your well-being in some situations, to your pocketbook, bank account. So practice. That's what I'm going to suggest. Practice. I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for joining us. Please remember, don't be the problem. And the best way to do that, always look at it and say, am I the problem or can I be the solution? Thanks so much for joining us and have a great one. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot. So we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like, subscribe, and follow all the podcasts on different platforms. But you can also email us at healthyperspectives at protonmail.com. Or you can check out our website at healthy-perspectives.com slash podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy dash perspectives.com. You'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much.